New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We pray that you're blessed as you listen to this week's message. So red or blue pill? <laughs> yeah, that, that is not a theological statement, that video. It's uh, kind of to set the tone for what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about truth. Um, and um, just share with you some of the things that God's been showing me. But <clears throat> that is one of my favorite movies. Anybody like that movie, yeah. The Matrix? Yeah. Good movie. I'm a child of the 90s, so, you know, it is what it is. <clears throat> well, good morning. My name's Tim Brumba. I'm one of the pastors here. and um, I get the honor to kind of talk with us today. And um, that video was perfect because it kind of sets the stage for what I'm going to talk about. I want to talk about truth. And, you know, we're going to define truth. But really what I want to talk about is I want to talk about truth that defines you or me. That truth that defines us as who we are as people. So I just want to say real quick before I get started that I did not realize John Corleone was that uh, invested in our church in Project Hope. Who knew? And it sounds like he got saved. You know, after he got shot in the first uh, Godfather movie, it looks like he got saved, and he's affiliated with New Hope somehow right now. So, it's, it's what a testimony of God's faithfulness, right? <clears throat> Anyways, <laughs> I'm just gonna pray real quick. Uh, Father, we just uh, we just bless you and honor you. Thank you for all that you're doing, God. That you're you're alive and you're well, you're well in so many lives and so many different situations in this room, God, and we just praise you and we honor you. We just invite you to just even just walk amongst us, Lord, and whisper to us and speak to us, Lord, what it is you're saying, what it is you're doing in our midst, Lord, and just, Lord, take the word today and make it alive to us, Lord, in yeah. Jesus' name, that it would be exactly what we need to hear in the moment that we need to hear it, that it would be a Kairos uh, word from you, yeah. Lord, in Jesus' name. Yeah, Amen. <clears throat> so, we're going to define truth a little, <clears throat> and then we're going to kind of bring it together. But the, what I see this morning is us kind of uh, looking at truth, and as truth is sort of um, a situation, it, it is a definition. We're looking at several different definitions, and then we're going to put it together sort of in one, in one piece, in one ball. This is, we're going to take little pieces of the puzzle, and then we're going to try and put it together at the end. So try and stay with me, if you will. And if you got your Bibles, great. Uh, or you got your Bible app, even better. Um, just don't ha- hog the bandwidth. So, and, but no, I'm just kidding. Nobody gets that, okay. So, um, it was funny, because in preparing for my message, I mean, God's been speaking to me about truth for a long time, but in preparing for the message, you know, you do things like go on Google and you start, you know, researching and things like that. So I go on Google... And I go, truth, def- definition, right? And would you know, before I ever get to a list, you know when you Google something, you Google it and it comes up with a list of websites, right? Everybody's done that before, or most of us have done that before. Well, truth is such an interesting concept because when I Googled it, all of a sudden it said, do you want this truth, this truth, this truth, this kind of truth, this kind of truth, this truth. It gave me 24 options as before I even saw the listing for a website, before I, I, was a, I, I had to pick one of, the, one of the truths I was talking about. 
And anybody who's been around, we, we know that truth in our society is, if you talk to somebody who doesn't know Jesus, is sort of subjective, right? You, you know, your truth is different than my truth, and blah, 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 and you know. And um, there are different definitions to truth. And truth is kind of one of those words where, in the English, it's not, it's kind of a big picture word, right? Truth. It's, it, it has a whole lot of sub-definitions, you know? Um, <clears throat> But we're going, to talk about, we're going to talk about the dictionary definition of truth first. The dictionary definition, and as we see it, is it's the actual events. It's facts. It's reality. It's a verified, indisputable fact. So it's something that you can actually find evidence to. Let me give you an example. Anybody watching the news about Malaysia flight you know, MH370? How much truth do we have about, how many facts do we have about that? Very little, right? The reality is, is that we're searching for the facts. We're searching for it, but you have now, and it's almost comical. I'm almost, my wife and I are almost to the point where we're like, oh, what are they going to come up with today? It's almost ridiculous, and it's a sad situation, so I'm not trying to make light of it, but it's one of these things where it's like, there's so many different facts about what's going on, or there's a few facts, but there's so much conjecture, really, about what's going on. <clears throat> there's, now it's just become like where the news channels are like, uh, what do you think happened? What do you think happened? And it's, it's more like, uh, what's your assumption or what's your thought about what happened? What are you possibly considering happened? And it's kind of ridiculous because we haven't come to the truth yet, the facts. The, we were on Facebook yesterday and um, we just saw a story that came out. Maybe some of you saw this real quick before. But that uh, a roller coaster in Orlando, Florida, like just flew off the tracks and killed 17 people. And we're like, whoa. So my wife immediately starts looking for the facts. So she starts looking for the truth. She's like looking on the websites and the news, news media. Come to find out, nobody is reporting this. It was just a flop. Um, it was just a flop story that some sort of, you know, weirdo, hacker, whatever was putting out on the website trying to scare people or, you know, make people react. And, um, again, there's no facts to back it up. So this is the kind of truth we're talking about. You know, if you're a parent, you know your kid comes home. They tell you something happened at school. The teacher tells you something else. What's the truth? Usually somewhere in the middle, right? Your kids, you know, everybody's sort of, the, the version of the facts is a little bit different. I could be in a room and see the exact same thing that you could, and we could have completely different ideas as to what happened, actually happened. And that's why it's so hard, when, when I was an investigator, so hard to ascertain the truth about um, you know, what happens. Um, so in the kingdom, we talk about the facts and the reality, and we talk about those verifiable, indisputable facts as the word, Right? It's indisputable, it's irrefutable, it's, it's, um, it's, it's the facts of who we are. God so loved the world that he came, gave his only son, that whosoever would believe in him would not die, but have eternal life. That's a fact. He came to the earth. Now, it's a fact that requires some faith, but it's also a, a fact of what we are. So there's truth, there's the facts of what we believe and a lot of times we, we boil that down to the word, the written word of God, or even the rhema word of God. 
Sometimes God will speak a word to you. And hearing the voice of the Lord, we're his sheep, we hear his voice. It's, it's, it's something we do, but we don't always get it right, do we? Sometimes the filters we carry with us in life, we, like we want something to happen. So let's be honest, when we want a certain outcome, sometimes we don't hear accurately in that direction. That's why we sort of need outside influence. So we have all these influences and these things that sort of uh, curb our hearing. But the reality is the rhema, the breathed word of God, when you know that you know that you know God said something to you, and he he witnesses to it, you witness to it in your spirit by the Holy Spirit, you know, and that's a fact, you know when he speaks something into your heart, that's the word of God, and that's fact. So... When we're talking about kingdom, we're not talking about facts just as what's written in the Bible. We're also talking about the living, spoken word of God that becomes truth to you. It becomes facts. And then, if we look at, let's just take a look really quick at 1 John 1.8. If you want to go there. This will lead us into kind of the next piece. First John one eight, and we're not. Um, now we're sort of reading this scripture out of context, so I'm I'm not making again a theological statement. I'm using this scripture to point out specifically what we're going to talk about next. First John one eight. We've been learning that you don't you can't read scriptures out of context like this. Okay, so bear with me. First John one eight. If we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Uh, the word truth is aletheia. It actually means the facts, but it's sincere or authentic inside and out. So you have the scripture that's saying, if we say one thing and the truth is another, then we are not authentic or we, the, the, the authenticity and sincerity is not in us. Another definition of the word truth is sincerity or authenticity. To be true throughout who you are. To be the same person inside and out. To not be fake. To not be false. To, um, and we could go down the, the for, you know, to go with the movie, we could go down the bunny trail of, you know, how, how, how do you do fake? But we've all met people before and we've always sort of felt this ourselves before where you walk into a situation and you have feelings or you have thoughts about something but you can't go in there and just blow your feelings or thoughts over on everybody, right? And so there's something going on inside of you that feels different than something that's going on outside of you. And so there's this feeling of sort of you're not really, you're not really being authentic. And it's the same word in, when we talk about the, uh, the Lord is searching for worshipers who will worship him in spirit and in truth. It's, that's the same word. It's, it's the same type of word. It's authenticity. It's the same meaning that people would be authentic worshipers. They would worship from the inside out, not from just the outside and, not, and ignore the inside. So there's authenticity there. So that's one of the definitions of truth. Um, <clears throat> Psalm 119, 160a. The, if you could take, take a minute. Psalm 119, 160a. I think it's important to probably see these scriptures there. 
119, Psalm 119, 160. 119, Psalm 119 is a long psalm. In case you didn't catch that. It is a long psalm. Psalm 119, 160. And I'm just going to read the first portion. It says up here, the entirety of your word is truth. We're just going to stop, pause there for a second. Thus, the, uh, my version is the NASB. And it says, the sum of thy word is truth. So it's who he is. The sum of everything that makes his words and him is truth. Think about that for a second. Because the sum of your word is truth. The word root word actually has several different breakups in the Christian dialect too. Uh, in, the, in the charismatic kind of circles. The word, the word word actually means the written word, Bible. The rhema word, the spoken, breathed, God breathed, God spoken, God inspired, Kairos kind of now word that he's speaking from his mouth. And the word, if we look at John 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. That he, the person of Jesus, is actually the word. So the sum of all those things together in one puzzle, in one little ball, actually is truth. And the word truth in that scripture, Psalm 119, 160a, is it's a Hebrew word called ahmeth. I think that's how you say it. That's phonetic. So I think I'm doing it right. <laughs> um, ahmeth. It means stability. Certainty, faithfulness, and it's connected with loving kindness. So you create this picture where the sum of the word of the word is truth. It's stability. I forgot what the next one was. Certainty. Faithfulness. So if you take this big picture, that's truth. Stability. So we have this picture. It's the facts. Truth is the facts. Truth is sincerity and authenticity. Truth is stability and certainty. First Kings, well, let me just stop. I want to tell you a story. I don't know, there's a lot of guys in the room, but when you're kids, you do stupid things, right? When you're a kid. When I was a kid, one of our favorite things was to do crazy things like, you know, build weapons. Anybody else do that in here? Tom did. That's it? Please. I have two boys. And I know that they live to make weapons. I know you guys do too. You guys boys do too. <clears throat> but they live to make weapons. And so we, we, me and my brother used to have this like really awesome tree fort. And um, we, we, we went out in front, and it was just a tree that was sort of built to be climbed in and created into a fort. It was in the front of our property. And my mom is a seamstress. So she had, wherever, wherever we lived... She had a sewing machine and a big, um, a big like sewing table that kind of goes with it. And of course, if anybody else is a seamstress, they, she has like reams of fabric and elastic and pins and things like that. <clears throat> Perfect weapons for a little boy, right? So me and my brother would do crazy stuff. Like we'd we'd go outside in our little tree fort, and you find <clears throat> and you find sticks, right, in the tree fort, and we're like, ooh, let's make bow and arrows. That's a great idea. Not. 
So we go out there and we, we pull tr- sticks out of the trees. But let's be honest, trees are not always, the, tr- the sticks in trees are not always true, straight. And they're crooked and they're not very flexible sometimes and they're not very strong or stable. So you go out there and, <laughs> and you grab some sticks and you know you, you whittle down the end of the, the arrow and you get mom's elastic and you tie one of the sticks one end to the other and then you're like, okay, I think that'll work. And, you know, your, your, your arrow kind of goes like this and you know, you're like, as soon as, you pull the, as soon as you pull the elastic, the elastic comes flying off and you're like, what? Come on. Let's... So the bow and arrow is not exactly, it's not very strong. The elastic is not very stable and it's not true, right? That stuff is not true. It's not flexible, it's not stable, and it's not strong. It's not straight. And so you create this dynamic where, you, okay, I shoot this arrow, and it goes, whoosh. and you're like, come on, this is supposed to be cool, and this is not turning out to be cool right now. It's not cool at all. So you create this dynamic where, and basically, you don't have a true arrow, and you don't have a true bow. And bow. So it's not straight, Boom. It's not flexible. It's actually kind of brittle. And they're not, they're not stable either. So you pull it back, and boom, it's, the stick snaps in your hand. And it's just one of these dynamics. It's a picture of what truth really is and how he, about how his word, the sum of his word and the sum of who he is, brings us stability. It's, it gives us strength. It gives us flexibility it straightens us out to where we're thinking correctly. Because sometimes we're not always thinking correctly. You know, we're bombarded with... Uh, one of my favorite things is you're bombarded with sort of uncleanness throughout your day. If you work in the world and you work in a, you know, a different environment. And uncleanness, for me, is not the same as sin. You're not walking out there being, you know, sinning, willfully sinning and stuff like that. But it's just the, the crap, the junk of the day that just piles on you and you just feel terrible. And there's a scripture that says, you know, the washing of the word. The washing of the water of the word. And there's something about the word and the completeness of that, the completeness of that, um, that word. Not just the written word, although it is the written word, but the word himself, the person. And I'm kind of getting a little bit ahead of myself. The person of the word that sort of washes all the uncleanness and junk and straightens us out, makes us flexible, and makes us strong in who we are. Truth also comes with power. 1 Kings 17.24. We'll get to that in just a second, but let me tell you a little story about Elijah. Elijah was on the run. He went, and Elijah, in case you don't know who Elijah is, he's a prophet uh, in the Old Testament. He's got some really cool stories, and if you've never read it, I would encourage you to read it. First Kings, it's really it's kind of interesting stories. Yeah. And um, so he's on the run, and he runs, and God tells him, you know, go to this widow and her son, and go tell them that you're going to stay with them, and they're going to feed you. Now, the widow and the son were preparing to eat their, le- to, they had wheat and oil, or flour and oil, just for one more meal. And their plan was, I'm going to eat, we're going to eat this last meal together, and we're going to die together. Talk about morbid. Holy Moses. You know, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna eat this meal, and then we're going to die. All right? So he comes to the house, and what does he say? Well, feed me. <laughs> like, okay, apparently we're not going to eat the meal and then die. We're just going to die. All right? 
<laughs> so you create the so you have this situation where she does. And Elijah, Elijah says, you know what? You're not gonna have a problem with flour or oil. And they kept for days, they kept for days they kept eating and eating and eating off of the flour and the oil. And then what happens is next in the story is that several days later, after they've been eating well and you know their 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 flour and their oil hasn't run dry, is that her boy gets sick and he dies. And she looks at Elijah and she says, she says, Oh, now I know why you're here. You're here to bring all my sins and throw them in my face and see that my son gets killed because of my sins. And he's like, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. He says, nah, I got, I, I, I got a better answer for this. So he takes, the little, he takes the boy up into the upper room. He prays over the boy three times and raises him from the dead. Yeah. And this is what she says to him after all they've been through. 1 Kings 17.24 Now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord is truth. The word of the Lord in your mouth is truth. So you have this dynamic where truth and power come together. And that, and that sort of, we, we know that in the New Testament because it says, and you will know the truth and it will set you free. So we know that truth is connected with power. And then the last definition and the easiest definition, the simplest definition of truth is Him. It's Him. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the truth. He is truth. And so we, have, we put all this together, and we talk about, and so we put this together in a big picture here. And what the Lord is really telling us today, His Word, that means the facts as we know it, used as a vehicle to know Him, the truth as we know it, brings truth. And it brings power, stability, sincerity, and authenticity. And so it's this marriage of him and his word. <clears throat> and we've been talking about this a lot. One of my, one of my favorite things, and I'll, I'll, I'll give credit to my brother, because he told, he told this in one of, the, one of the breakout sessions with the youth one time. He talked about, I know right now that, and we all know, probably, if you know who I'm talking about, I know that Mike Tyson can hit. He can hit hard. He was a championship boxer for years. Right? He was a... Well, we won't go into that. I was going to say he's a convicted felon too, but that doesn't mean he knows how to punch. <laughs> but he's a, he's, he is a boxer and he knows how to punch and he knows how to hit hard, doesn't he? I know that right now. But I've never experienced his punch. I've never actually felt him hit me in the jaw. And I'm kind of glad for that. So there's a reality to the fact that his word and the facts, I believe wholeheartedly that his word and the facts about who he is and, his, and the things he's speaking release power, release grace, release all those things. But there is a deeper place that we are being invited into. And the deeper place that we're being invited into is the place where the word, the facts, calls us deeper into an encounter with him. God is never one of my favorite phrases that Bill Johnson said is God is not bigger than God is bigger than his book. 
we place in the American sort of church, and there's nothing wrong with this, we place such a high priority on the Word, the written Word, and knowing His Word. And that is important. Like I said, it releases power. But God, the sum of who He is, cannot be summed up in that, that book. Everything about Him cannot possibly be written down in a, piece, in, a, in a piece of paper. Now, when you encounter Him, and you know Him, and you have an experience with Him, everything is confirmed in the Word. It's confirmed back to the Word. But the reality is, is it doesn't fully encompass my God or your God. And so what the word actually becomes, what the facts and the reality of what we learn, it actually becomes an invitation and a vehicle to draw us deeper into an encounter with the person. And so there's this, read the word, get in the word, but let the word, take the word, and have an encounter with it. Be with it. Do it and be with it. And let it change you and transform you. <clears throat> and the only way to do that is to take time. Is to take time with it. So I really feel like the invitation is to... I put the application down here as my message this morning. Get into his word and encounter him. And that sounds so simple. It's not that simple, you know? It's, it's because sometimes we can come at the word, the written word, the facts, with a sort of intellectual tilt. And really, it's an invitation to deeper encounters with him. And it, it creates this dynamic where it's not as simple as just learning the Word or learning Scriptures. It, it's, it's getting in His Word and meditating on it and soaking with it and worshiping it. It doesn't become an activity. It becomes sort of more of your language, your a response and it so because whenever you talk about get in the word, I feel all of the religious sort of things crawl up my back because I hate religion. I'm not. I'm. I haven't been serving the Lord for 31 years now because I like religion. I've been serving the Lord for 31 years because I like Him. Yeah. <laughs> because He's been a good father and He's been a good dad and He's been an amazing God. So getting in his word is not just simple like, you know, like let's read it so we know it. It's it's an encounter. It's an experience with him where he takes you deeper into the depths. For instance, we were t- my wife and I were talking about this yesterday. And you can be in the word over here and you can be in the spirit over here and kind of soaking. But the reality is, is that they're meant to be pushed together so that you can go sort of outside what you already know. Because if I'm over here sort of soaking, and I say this because I've experienced this, and I, I have soaked before, and I receive good stuff, right? He fills my soul. He does good things in my life, right? But the reality is, the reality is, is when I start to bring his word, and his living word, and his truth, his facts, as we know it, and I bring it over here, it takes me so much further and so much deeper. 
and I'm going to trip. So, that being said, Jess, can you kind of can you come up and play? We're just gonna I'm just gonna pray, and I just feel like God's you know God's heart today is to just draw us a little deeper. We we all know Him, we all love Him, we've all experienced Him in one form or another. So I'm not saying that we haven't, but let's go let's go deeper. Because for the things that are ahead, like that building, like all the stuff that's going on here, we need more of Him. We need, and I say that as He's in us, but we need to more be yielded to Him. His Spirit that's already in us. His resurrection power that already abides and dwells in it. We need to access that more and more and more and more to do all the things. And the only way to do that is to know Him is to spend time with Him, is to be with Him. <clears throat> so Father, we just, I just bless you, and I love you, and I honor you. And I'm just going to call up the prayer teams while I'm doing this. Come on up, prayer teams. <clears throat> Father, we, we just ask you now in Jesus' name, thank you for the invitation, Lord, to come deeper, come higher, Lord. Thank you that deep calls unto deep, Lord. And my prayer, Father, this morning is that, Lord, you would not let us get away from the invitation, Lord. That you would literally cause the invitation to sort of, that you're offering to sort of stick in our spirits until, until we become so hungry that we just, nothing stands in our way anymore, Lord. All the excuses and life and busyness and, you know, God, that nothing would stand in the way, God. And Lord, I I just pray for a holy discontentment to come upon us, Lord. A holy discontentment. Not one that causes us to run around searching for things to fill the emptiness inside of us. But Lord, something that sticks in us, a hunger that sticks in us to just drink deeper of you. Knowing that we have complete and full access to Jesus.